and do this uh, detective story. They're going to shoot it up in Toronto. And the damn uh, investor, investors pulled, pulled out just two days ago. I'm like, Gary. He goes, oh, man. I thought we had this one in the bag. Mm. He's a producer. He's over in Florida. And uh, he's the one. He's, he claims to be one of the five, uh, the five greatest uh, experts in the Anunnaki. Right? Wow. Right. So anyway, uh, if you ever look into this thing, uh, Alexander Sitchin was the, the man. He was a linguist. And he was able to decipher all these tablets, okay, because he was a linguist. He knew ancient Hebrew. Wow. And he goes, this is really close to ancient Hebrew, this language, because he found 22,000 tablets Whoa. in 1848. You, this story, oh, my God, it totally throws the Bible in the trash can because it tells all about how the Bible was made. It tells exactly what? all in this stuff, 22,000 tablets of this shit. Yeah, and everything was written down because one thing, it started with nuclear war, it ended with nuclear war. One guy decided to write the whole history of their whole damn civilization. That's how it happened. Yeah, his name was Anki. And, uh, oh yeah. So and I, he des- he decided to write the history of his civilization? Like, right. and he just invented the history of his civilization? No, or he what? was there because you never die in their civilization. Oh. You never die. Oh. You die, but you don't die. Okay, it's kind of weird. But anyway, uh, the whole story started with they had a planet like ours. It was similar to Earth. But in the opposite solar system of ours, like we have the sun, right? Then you have Mercury and Venus and Earth and Mars and, right, like that. Well, their planet is called Nibiru. There's 12 planets. Nibiru. I've been seeing more of this popping up in the, in the YouTube videos. Yeah. It rotates this way around the sun. Mm. So every 3,600 years, it comes around by Earth, okay? And it flies in between Earth and Mars, this planet, every 3,600 years. Wow. Okay? Most of the time, it doesn't cause any interference. Sometimes it does. That's where Noah comes in, because Nibiru caused the Great Flood. And they knew all this was going to happen ahead of time, because they were already here, and they ordered Noah, hey, we're gonna, we'll do all the DNA, because it wasn't animals. What they said was, we gave them DNA samples. Because... The Anunnaki already knew about that, huh? Oh. DNA stuff? What they are is, they're almost like a primitive alien. That's what I figure. Mm. Very close to us. Very close in human features. They have hair. Okay? They're, uh, what I figure, about a quarter million years ahead of us, technology-wise. So, uh, what happened was, uh, there was... Okay. Let me start from the beginning. They had a planet like ours, okay? They had all the different countries and everything else. Anyway, they had nuclear war, okay? And as soon as they had nuclear war, then they became one country. The whole world became one leader because Mm. then everything was wiped out and they had to start all over again. And it screwed up their atmosphere, okay? After it was all said and done. So what they found out was if, if they could go there and get gold... They can vaporize it, put it in the atmosphere, and it would cause a like an umbrella around their planet to save their planet. And they also knew that the volcanic uh, gases also help their planet by adding the gases to their atmosphere. Mm. So what they, so what this guy did, he was the ruler. His name was Analu. Analu was the ruler, and he said, "Hey, let's take these nuclear weapons and let's blow up every fucking volcano we have on our planet, trying to get these damn things to erupt again." 
Well, what he did was he fucked up the whole planet. Oh, no. So he gets exiled off his planet. They said, no, get the fuck out of here. So he jumps on a spacecraft, and he goes, I'm going to fix the planet. I fucked it up. I'm going to fix it. So he takes off, and he knows because of uh, the asteroid belt, okay? Because Nibiru caused the asteroid belt. Holy shit. Because it came so close, it destroyed one of the planets. It was too close to the, uh, the uh, gravitational pull of the planet. This is all written. This is written shit. In the 22,000 tablets. <laughs> this is stuff 55,000 years old written. Okay. We don't know anything previous to 35,000 years ago. They won't release this shit. This is stuff that's 55,000 years old. Record, recorded records. Okay. So Analu comes here. He goes in there and he finds gold because he knew that there was gold on the inside of the, uh, the solar system because the uh, asteroid that, or the, uh, the planet that blew up that caused the asteroid belt caused us to have gold. Okay? Wow. So they knew this already. So he comes here looking for gold and he finds gold. So he basically radios back to his planet and says, hey man, I found gold. So they bring, a, they bring his son, because he had a son back on the planet, brought his two sons here because... They have a lot of the same philosophy of like the Arab countries where women are nothing and men are everything type of thing. The Anunnaki's? The Anunnaki. Oh, yeah. The similarities between Arabs and the Anunnaki because that's where they, they migrate to. That's where they set up home, basically. The Anunnaki did? Yeah. In Iraq. Center of Iraq. That's where they found the tablets in 1848. Wow. So, anyway... So he radios back and says, hey, man, I found gold. So they bring this posse of people over here to go check it out. They go, oh, yeah, we found gold. Yeah, cool. All right, let's set up a network here. And you, since you found it, you can be the ruler. You can't be the ruler of our planet, but you're the ruler of Earth now. Right? So he goes, okay, cool. I'm the ruler of Earth. So they brought uh, So wait, real quick, as a side note, was he able to save the planet because of the gold? Or was he still working on it at still this working point? On oh, okay, gotcha, still gotcha. On it. They didn't get that far because they had a new, another nuclear war. It was actually his oh, grandson God. who started it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, it was no. a rift between two grandsons. Oh, God. Yeah. First he ruins the planet, then his grandson does another one. Right. Oh, geez. But the funny thing is, when he leaves his planet, he takes with him seven nuclear bombs with him. Okay? Because he needed them to get through the atmosphere. Okay? To uh, move the rocks around enough through the asteroid belt to get through the asteroid belt to get to Earth. So he takes seven so nuclear like to bombs. to clear it, so to speak, to kind right. of make a... Make a, a window Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So he would just shoot it out into the space and blah, it would explode. And blow a hole through so he Incredible could get through. Incredible idea. That's what the guy did. Okay, so then, right, so there's five bombs left. He hides them in a cave. He says, we'll use them later. Okay, because we know how bad they are because we already saw what they do. We can go there and stash the five bombs for later. So anyway, so what they do, the uh, Anunnaki, is they send 900 of their people to 600 to Earth, 300 to Mars. Interesting. Okay, to set up a home base on Mars because they needed a refueling station because Mars had so much water and life at the time that it was a great place to catapult from Earth to Mars to Nibiru. It was like a launching pad. And they also set up one on the dark side of the moon. <clears throat> right. Wow. Yeah, it's amazing shit. 55,000 year old tablets are saying this shit. <laughs> okay? So, anyway, they come here, and there's uh, 600 of them here, 300 of them on Mars, setting up this thing. That's okay. 
So what happens is Man. they finally, uh, they're starting to harvest gold, but there's only 600 of them. They're like, Man, we got to do something here. We don't have enough people to do this. So they took these, they go, whoa, there's this Cro-Magnum man over here, real hairy looking ape thing. Oh, let's get one of those and play with it. So they start playing around with it with their own DNA. They said, okay, let's see what we can make. Hmm, okay, we made a man. First, they, they could only make females. And they couldn't figure out how to make the male. Then they finally figured out how to make the male. Then they put the two together and they couldn't mate. Babies were all fucked up. Mm. They couldn't do it. And they kept trying and trying and changing their DNA and shit. Until they finally made us. Okay? But we had, because we were, they were immortal and these creatures weren't. They would live to be eight or nine hundred years old. That's why if you look in the Bible, Noah lived to be 900 and something mm. years old. King Solomon ended up 700 and something years old. All these guys ended up being seven, 800 years old. Okay, that's the reason why. So anyway, where was I in the story? This story is crazy. So they were like, okay, let's let's mess with that guy. Did they right. have so la- they, like science laboratories or something to be able to do it this? Was, or? It was Anki who did it, the guy who wrote all these tablets. Mm-hmm. It was he's a gen- Him and his son were the geneticists. And they kept playing around, playing around until they got it so right. He, so he brought instruments with him when he came here on the oh, ship? or how, Yeah, they or, brought all kinds of shit. Oh, oh, oh. Because yeah. this is over thousands of years mm. that they were doing this. Oh, so there was still, they would they keep came, traveling here? They came here 445,000 years ago to Earth. Mm. Okay? They set it up. They had colonies all set up about 200,000 years ahead. They, they were here by themselves for about 200,000 years before they start making man. Wow. Yeah, and they said, we got to do something. This shit's not working, and our planet's dying, so let's make a workforce. And that's what they did. So, lo and behold, they have this big, huge workforce. They set up a city. They had cities all over the damn place, mining gold. Mozambique, they had a city of 350,000 people there that were mining, like, hundreds of thousands of years ago. They're finding the archaeological evidence of this stuff now of these ancient cities that were huge in these mining towns. Wow. Okay. So then there ends up being a riff again. One of them gets exiled, okay? One of them stays, okay? One of them takes over Egypt, declares himself the sun god Ra, and that's where that came from, okay? The other one says, hey man, I don't want anything to do with you guys. I'm gonna go over to the Americas. So he takes a ship over to the Americas, and he sets up home base on the Americas. So that's why you got Wait, the Mayans so- and the Incas and the, all the, the, the pyramids and shit here. Because it's all and it was built by the-, by the Anunnaki. Okay. They talk about how they cut the rocks through sound waves. Their, their spacecraft ran on water. So they had to use Mars as the refueling station because Mars had the most water of any planet around. What? More yeah. than Earth? Right. Whoa. So then what happens is, here comes Nibiru, coming over the top, and the climate change is changing big time. And they're saying, hey, man, this thing's going to get way too close to Earth. Oh, shit, we're fucked, right? So what they do is they go there and they get Noah. They get Noah. Okay, still cool. So they get Noah. Hey, Noah, build this ark. Build this ship, Okay. And we're going to put all the DNA on there. Not animals, just DNA. Okay? And you are in charge of this because everybody on Earth is going to get wiped out on this flood. That's what they're saying. And he's like, oh shit, okay. So he and a whole bunch of Anunnaki, they took 100 Anunnaki. 
plus a whole bunch of the workers, and they built this ark. Soon as Nibiru's coming over the top, Anunnaki go, bye! They jump on their ships and they leave. They're like, fuck that, because they didn't care about us. We were just Whoa. slaves to them. So they fucking split. And they watch this whole thing happen. Right before it happens, what happened is what's happening now. Antarctica's melting. What happened was that the ice became so soft, Nibiru came over the top, okay, heated up the planet okay, with the gravitational force, and knocked a whole chunk of ice off of South uh, Antarctica into the ocean at one time, causing a huge tidal wave. Oh, my god! That went all around the world, that traveled for seven days. Wait, from that one big thing falling, falling into, into the, the ocean? What the heck? Yeah, you know, if you take, like, a drop of water in a cup and you drop a piece of sand in it, it causes the ripple. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay? yeah. Can yeah. you imagine something as big as Antarctica falling in the ocean? Oh, my God. So for, for seven days, the water rushed all over the world, splashing all over the place, killing everything that was on the planet, except for some of the people in the Americas. It was far enough away from them. Really? Yeah. So, so they lived. The, you know, the, the Incas and the Mayans and the Aztecs, they lived. They didn't get wiped out. But everybody on that side of the world got wiped out. So the Anunnaki, then it rained after that, like the Bible says, 40 days and 40 nights, because all that water was swished around and shit, and it all went up the atmosphere. Rained for 40 days and 40 nights. Then, after that was all done, the water all subsided, went back to normal, and there's Noah. Anunnaki came back and says, okay, let's repopulate the planet. But we still have some people over here. We're cool. The bad part was, was when Nibiru came around Earth, it took the atmosphere away from Mars. Mm. And Mars lost oh, their atmosphere. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay, if you look at the face on Mars, okay, they talk about that in their... Oh, channel. yeah, when you see the... What, they talk about the face on, on Mars in, in, in these the, tablets? Yeah. Oh, my they God. About, they talk about the pyramid on Mars, okay, because that was all built... Okay, after that happened, boom, okay, the planet comes over, fucks up Mars, fucks up the Earth, okay? They lose their atmosphere, the Anunnaki, the 300 that were there on the space station said, oh shit, we got to get out of here. But they go, what do we do? What do we do? They said, we got to build a pyramid on Mars. We're going to build a pyramid on Earth. And we're going to send beacons so we know where to go. Because we lost our airports, we lost everything in the flood, and we lost everything over here. Now, real quick, are they the ones who came up with the names Mars and Earth? Like, or do they have no, different names Eden. for them? Oh. Earth was known as Eden. Interesting. The people that they named, they made, when they were making us, they made Adams and Eves. It wasn't just one Adam and Eve, it was seven Adams and Eves. And that's when they finally put them together. They put two of them together. That's the original story of Adam and Eve. They put them over here and said, okay, you guys, procreate. Go ahead and make, make Which some has always been a big thing in people's brains. Like, okay, wait, did the babies just keep having sex with the babies? And, you know, like, why yeah. wouldn't everybody just be uh, mutated or something? But no. that, that explains there why that didn't happen. Yeah. Oh, And wow. then how, how, and then Anki was a horny motherfucker. He would go out there and have sex with all the concubines constantly. So he was messing up the whole pool, making his own breed, basically, mm. at that time, too. So he was messing up the genetic pool on his own. On top of that, yeah, some crazy ass shit. That's where Cain and Abel came in. Incredible. That was his grandkids, Cain and Abel. It, the biblical story. Yeah. So and then so they also talk about uh, what was it? Cain was a womanizer. He used to go and like fuck everybody in town. That was a story about him. It's in the Bible. 
where they talked about him in the so Bible. So the Anun- did the Anunnaki write the Bible? Or, or It was there. They wrote the Bible to suppress man. And, and okay. they didn't want those people to work so much, so that's why they gave him the seventh day off, because mm. they didn't want to kill all their workers. All this stuff is all explained. <laughs> so they, they invented our mythology. Okay. Well, then and on top of that, throughout all the years of, of kings and who knows what, then they would also alter the, the Bible too, right? To, to fit their own... Their own uh, means. King, yeah. And that's what the latter part of the Bible is. Yeah. Wow. So, wow. Uh-huh. so then they made the beacons, right? They made the beacons, which is the two uh, pyramids on Mars and one on Earth, right? And all of us started taking over. And they said, fuck this shit. And they packed up all their crap and they got the hell out. What they did, they, did they go back to Nibiru? They Nibiru. Did, did, did that ever that was about get 3, cleaned BC. back up? Did it ever get cleaned back up or no? We don't know. Oh, okay. So we don't yeah, know if they the used that gold ended. to... Oh, oh that's, interesting. That's, that's as far as we know. It was about 3,000 B.C. What an interesting thing to think that... that uh, so, oh, comes John. I mean, it's just crazy to think that's, that one of them wrote down this whole history. Mm-hmm. And, and did he bring that He's with him in this ship? He's probably still alive today. God, that would the be interesting. Guy. Yeah. He, sh- he still should be alive. Only one leader died. That was Anolo. Anolo, you'll love this story. His brother comes, brother's in charge of Nibiru. He decides to come visit on the second trip. And he says, hey, man, I want my planet back. And he goes, hell no, bro, you can't have your planet back. And their custom was to settle uh, differences between leaderships that they would wrestle. So they had a wrestling match. (laughs) And during the wrestling match, the one brother grabbed the other brother's uh, dick and balls, bit him off. No! And ate him. (laughs) No way! No way! No way! Well, brother got pissed. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Put him on a ship with his uh, personal, like, limo driver, the space guy. <laughs> takes him back to, uh, takes him to Mars and says, okay, instead of being the ruler, you're the, now the ruler of Mars. After, after the whole thing happened. And the guy stayed behind until he died. So there's bones of this guy in a cave somewhere in Mars. That's nuts. Yeah. And they had a big ceremony and all this stuff for the guy because he's the only leader ever to die. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible <laughs> to hear this. story. Is so. I mean, God, that is incredible. Yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Hey, John, I just told him almost the whole Anunnaki story. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, can I mean, are does someone have the possession of these tablets? Uh-huh. Oxford University. That's what Gary said. They're all sitting at Oxford University. They just they they've taken pictures of them. They won't bring them out. There's over twenty two thousand of them. <laughs> They melted them down and got the money. <laughs> probably did. <laughs> yeah. So do you think that's possibly, this just popped in my brain, do you think that's possibly why gold became a valuable thing to the people here on Earth? Because yeah. they saw that it had value to the Anunnaki, and then they're wondering, why is that so valuable? And they're like, well, it must be valuable, so I'm going to hoard it for myself. I, Not I realizing the actual true help that it could do, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right? It's yeah. interesting you're talking about with the gold in the atmosphere. There's, there's this guy who channels uh, the spirit called Bashar, and I'll, and I'll look at these videos, and mm-hmm. that's one of the things that he talks about. He goes, you guys are using your gold all wrong. He goes, the gold is supposed to be, you know, right now, if you were to take it up in the sky and just sprinkle all over, mm-hmm. that would help your atmosphere immensely. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, uh-huh. and then we're sitting here going, why, why would that help? You know, but the fact that you're bringing this up, and then it, it actually has roots way back then is quite... That far back. <sighs> Yeah, Gosh, that's incredible. Yeah. And then ended a nuclear war, which they have evidence of. 
are here on Earth. They talk about how they, uh, the nuclear war caused the uh, extinction of the dinosaurs. There was no, no, uh, it was, yeah, because wherever you find dinosaur bones, you find shards of glass from nuclear war, because whenever you have a nuclear bomb blow up, that the, you know, the ground and stuff will melt. Yeah. They never talk about that. But in the story, they talk about that. They had nuclear war back then. It was uh, so two, they were the two ones of the brothers who, and got into it. Was their version of the atom bomb the same version of our atom bomb? Like, in a sense, did we Pretty hack into close. their technology or something? Or how did like how no, did we... No, no, we just evolved to the point where we could make our own. Oh, oh, oh. Because oh. they jump-started us. Wait, so those other uh, bombs have not been found. I mean, they're buried someplace. Where do you think my story's going? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, that's cool. And my story is also going because one of the leaders, Mandak was his name. Mandak. That, well, hold uh, on. Should that, I pr press stop on this? To, do, do, oh. you, do you want these ideas on, on here or no? Oh, no. Go for it. Do that's fine? Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. okay. <laughs> okay. It's just so Mandak, interesting. Mandak. Mandak. Where they screwed some shit up really bad. And uh, they didn't want him anymore. Right? So what they did is they kidnapped him. And they locked him up in the Pyramid of Giza into a chamber. And they tried to ransom him off. Right to his family, and the family said, "Well, we don't want him." But what they did was they broke into the pyramid. If you ever look into the history, what of the his pyramid, family broke into the pyramid. They broke into the pyramid and got him out. There's damage to the pyramid on the inside of the building, and I remember reading about this. And they go, "There must have been another chamber." Blah 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 blah, because there was damage over here and damage over there. Whoa. Because all it was was a beacon. There was a gold top on it. It used to uh, hold jewels. And the jewels would illuminate through the, the top up into space as far as you could see, you know, just forever. Wow. Yeah. And the same thing on Mars because they have the two pyramids. And if you look at the pyramids on Mars, they're in the same configuration as the pyramids here on Earth. Exactly the same pyramids. Mandak, the guy that was in the pyramid, that was the, the head of the Sphinx. That was his face. Interesting. Yeah. Then his brother took over the rule after they, they exiled him and they got him out of the pyramid. Brother took over and said, uh-uh, uh-uh, let's get our engravers over there and change the face. I want to be on it. So they changed it twice. What? Yeah, they, they talk oh about all this shit Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this was written way, way, way before we even knew anything about the Egyptians. This is stuff way so, back. So, okay, so um, At least they found the tablets BC. in when, did you say? 1800s? 1848. And they were found where again? In Iraq, in an ancient city in Iraq. And so they, uh, so so s some guy was able to translate it because it looked like ancient Until Hebrew. Until the 1970s. Ah, so no wonder it looked like the ancient ancient Hebrew looked like that. So in a sense, the Hebrew evolved from the ancient, ancient language. And oh my God, that's right. just crazy when you think and, about those dots uh -huh. connecting like that. Yeah. So so then he so he transcribed all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Why why didn't that information get they, out they've there? They've been trying. They've been trying for years. God, that's crazy they to think that... They don't that... want anybody to know this shit because it would take religion, throw it in the trash can. It and it would take about... all the power away from them then. Then, then, then. then we would have no more reason to be in servitude to... Exactly. Gosh, boy, oh boy, what a crazy, what yeah. a crazy, oh. crazy, crazy thing. Uh -huh. So we're led to believe that we're these limited... These limited, bounded beings, but really, we have... We really have this unlimited possibilities unlimited. Yeah. god that's just so crazy it's so cra and it's so crazy what what's what's even crazier is the fact that there are those out there who know this information who are giving the information to those of us and saying look you're far more than just this this limited little being in this thing you're yeah. you're you know as the old phrase goes 
um, you're the you're the um, a spirit having a living as a human. Wait, you're a spirit having a human experience, not a human having a spiritual experience, right? Isn't that what it was? You're a spirit yeah, yeah, having yeah, a human right, experience. Right, right, so right. you're just you're actually just a human. You're you're the spirit experience. that's just walking around exactly. with this camouflage. Uh -huh. um, it's yeah. intriguing because like imagine if that was more of a widely you know, I like to believe in a parallel universe. Oh, yeah. That information is widely, you know, out there. And can you imagine the possibilities and the potentials and the freaking astounding things that are being done? Holy cow, in that parallel universe. They, they talk about uh, Machu Picchu in there. They talk about, uh, you know, all the ancient uh, uh, airstrips that they had all over the place because they were mining gold all around the world. And they were sending it all up, and you know Mars was the transfer station, and uh, you know how they uh, carved the stones, because the Temple of Babel. You ever read about the Temple of Babel? In That's the supposed to be the thing that broke up, that made all the different languages, right? Right, exactly. And the reason they did that was because they were communicating. The humans were communicating too much together. Uh oh, and he, ah. wanted, he wanted to break it apart because he wanted to keep oh his rule. Oh my God, this is just making so much sense. That is so crazy to think. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, I don't want you guys. Your guys aren't aren't gonna communicate with each other because then you can do conspiratorial things behind my back me. and. That's what he did it for. Yeah. So he, so what did they do? They used their special machines to alter he, the language with these guys uh -huh. or something? Yeah, change their language. How, how many how, root languages do you think there were in the beginning? Wow. I, I like know. a a lot. You, what, what, like right in the beginning times, like like in that moment where he makes the decision, where he goes, "Okay, I'm going to make a bunch of yeah. different languages for these guys." Jeez, I don't know. You know, it depends on what how many were in the area at the time. Yeah, that's another thing they talk about is how the uh, the Asians have less hair than uh, the people in like the Middle East. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They change the genetics of the people in Asia. Interesting. <laughs> like these guys there? were artists. They, we were their sculptures. We were their oh, yeah. living. Oh yeah, and they didn't care about us at all. They didn't care about us. They, we were they were toys. Now, we were slaves. Do, do the tablets talk at all about like no. frequencies? And, oh no, besides, go on. Besides, uh, for sex, they loved mm. us for sex. Yeah, that was it. Now for. So, did, so they had they had the same like they sort were, of equipment like like lungs and everything. They looked a lot like us. Very little difference. Besides their atmosphere was they were taller than us, and uh, that's why you see you hear the stories about the giants that they've had. Oh yeah, and because I've seen the, some of the pictures of those bones that they find. It's that's, like what that's, the heck? that's Anunnaki stuff. Yeah. So the Anunnaki uh, were were they they were large they were large they beings were taller, right they were big because yeah, they're they have less gravitational pull than Earth. So they said that the, oh. the average person, the average Anunnaki was about seven foot tall. Oh, wow. Yeah, they were taller than So us. those giant bones that we see. Um, yeah, the giant bones are about seven feet tall. Seven and a half feet. Yeah, some of them are up to eight and a half. Those are Anunnaki. Uh, so, okay, wait, what was the next thing I was going to ask? Oh, okay. So did the Anunnaki have any run-ins with other extraterrestrials? Do they talk about that? Didn't talk about that at all. But I believe that, I think they intermix and they, because this... What I believe, because they're only about 200,000 years ahead of us, okay, which isn't very long at all, while the other civilizations are way ahead of us, mm -hmm. that I think that the other, probably other alien species probably just said, okay, those are just those human things and they're not that important anyway. That's what I believe, mm. because there's just not enough gap, and they were so close to us anyway, the, uh, the physical being. You know, the pictures that they have, because the, they have, uh, this, the tablets have uh, engravings of what the people look like. Wow. And, and you can see the humans, and you can see the other ones are taller than them. So were there photos taken of every single one of these? Like, for instance, can I access this on the internet? Oh, yeah, you can look at the scrolls. Oh. You can look up the tablets. 
they, they have pictures of all the tablets. Then, uh, you know, a lot of them have the, the flying, you know, they, they're all flying. You know, all these tablets, they had all these flying creatures. So you say, okay, so the, the ox, uh, it's the what, it's the who, which college? Ox, what did you say? Oxford who College in England. So... It was, uh, his name was Leighton, was the uh, professor of the founders of archaeological discovery. So, do then, they at all, like, I, I'm imagining my brain, if I go there and, oh, here are the tablets. You were able to see the tablets? Like, they show no, them? No, they oh. were not. Oh. According to Gary, they originally went to Oxford University, and nobody said a word about them since. They were photographed, and you, you can see the photographs, but you'll never be able to see the Does tablets. Does anyone, like, if you go to Oxford University and you ask people about it, how many people there do you think would actually know what probably is on none. those tablets or anything about it? They would probably deny that they even exist. God. Yeah. It's do you think it's their own their own reasons, or do you think that there's a, there's a a you know uh, someone higher up telling them do not give out that information? Oh, I think it's somebody or, up. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, because. Uh, you know, if you look at it, if it debunks, you know, if it, even if it debunked uh, Catholicism, that's two billion people that are going to say, oh, my God, this isn't my God. All of a sudden, you know, I think you're going to cause a huge upheaval in the whole world if that happens. I think that's probably the main reason why they're not doing it. You know, that's the only reason I could think of. You know, and then you know, it's like the UFO stuff and everything else they suppress from us. You know, it's always suppression, suppression, suppression. They never want to tell us anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, just the other day, I was thinking about that. It just it, it blasted in my brain again, that idea of, you know... I remember, I remember hearing decades ago about how the military has... Like, basically, whatever technology we have is 30 years behind whatever the military has, or, or whatever that is. That, yeah. So then, I mean, that, that was, you know, like 20 or 30 years, who knows how long ago I heard that. Right. Now, between then and now, and, and, and seeing how fast technology evolves, mm -hmm. imagine the military's technology might be 100 or 150 years in the future, if you think about it. Right. <laughs> and we're, we're like 150 years behind in technology. Right. You know, so it's like, holy because mo each year, I mean, you see, it's like a Fibonacci sequence. It's not just like one little addition here. It's like, oh, oh and huge, now you got a refrigerator huge. that has a computer in it. And now you have a, a, a an iron that's got a, you know, you can watch your TV while you're ironing your clothes. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. like, what? So crazy. Technological advances are just nuts. Yeah. I think, you know, this was one of the other things that I, I, I realized was that I'm seeing more and more, like, more and more truth coming to the surface now. Like, the, like um, that was the, interesting. One of the... The th internet. The, so, thank God that the internet exists because it's yeah. like, it it's now bringing all this stuff to light, all this mm -hmm. truth, all that all that stuff that people are trying to suppress, guess what? Hey, everybody, here it is. It's shining a light. The rocks are being opened and the, and the lights being shined on right. it and the, all the lizards are scurrying. Uh -huh. And so, what's happening with that is I'm already seeing remnants of that now. It's only a matter of time till it really hits the tipping point Whoa. and then everything comes spilling out all mm -hmm. at once. You know, yeah. the tablets, the UFOs, the, I mean... You name it, who everything. knows, you know? And then we find out that the Earth actually really is flat. You know? <laughs> like, huh? You know? Oh, and then we hear about the, the hollow Earth. And, oh, by the way, this person is a reptile. And you're like, oh, my God. Uh -huh. <laughs> and you start hearing all this. You're going, whoa. Yeah. I mean, that just must be such a crazy thing. Because, you know, especially, like, for people who have, especially, you know, like, especially old people, it's hard to change. You know, it's hard to change. So oh, yeah. they've built this belief system. They're, you know, it's like they've got all this, like, 
barnacle build up on them, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> throughout right. the years. And it's not like so that. then, it, right? So then, if you go, this is actually what is? Can you imagine like how much that could like drive someone insane because they're going, oh my god, my entire belief system. Ever since a little kid, mm-hmm. and my parents, and my grandparents, and grandparents, and grandparents, and all my ancestors all believe this, which has been instilled into me, which has been reinforced by the media and the news, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. What are you saying? It's all the complete opposite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, oh my god, that it was, was like you nuts. know, like the Indians, the American Indian story. Did we ever? Which, no, no, what? no, no. What what did the what did the U.S. government do to the American Indians? Basically, it was genocide, right? Mm. What happened when we were in school? What did they tell you? How they destroyed the Indians, how they beat up the Indians, everything was against the Indians, mm. and the Indians were bad. Mm. No, the Indians were protecting themselves. They're not bad. You know, they, and you don't look at stuff like that, you know, because it goes back to suppression. Where are you taught to believe? Uh, right now, you see this with the Trump stuff, okay? I'm not a big fan of Trump, but... Okay, you have these immigration laws. It says that you can go there and do this. He's using these poor kids as an example. But he's doing it to help us generally by not having other immigrants come to our country. Now he just put this huge tariff on uh, China. Okay, now, guess what? We're not going to be buying Chinese goods. Now we're going to have more American jobs. Okay. But the media plays it up as, oh, how bad this is, how bad that is, how bad this is, instead of looking at the big picture, okay? He's looking down the road, we're looking at it today, okay? Now, if we looked ahead, okay, we might agree with some of his philosophies. You know, I don't agree with everything because he's using these poor little kids as martyrs. No, they shouldn't be martyrs, they should be with their moms and dads. But, you know, it is what it is at this point, and we just got to progress as humans, I guess. You know, I don't know. We're just kind of stuck. <laughs> uh, I, and, and I think that's going to be one of the things, too, when this tipping point comes, uh, when we start learning how many of those journalists are actually CIA operatives who are, mm-hmm. you know, using their, uh, what is that, what do they call that op? What is that called? That's, it's the, um, oh, gosh, what do they do? What is that called? It's that system where they, they plant a lot of questions in people's brains, where they don't know what's real or what's oh, not yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. that quote, that famous quote yeah. where it goes, well, if, if, peop, if, if the general public is at a point where they don't know what's real and what's not anymore, then we've done our job. You know, (laughs) you know, if they disbelieve everything or they believe, Mm -hmm. you know, then we've done our job, you know, where, because then there's no way to put a finger on anything. And, you know, it's, it's like a try to, like they say, they could try to catch the slippery pig that's all like greased up and you're like, how are you going to catch this thing? Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I think what's interesting is as little kids were taught from the very, very, very beginnings which is then reinforced through sports. Um, it's it, we're taught at a very early age: us versus them, us versus them, yeah. us versus them. They're the bad guys; we're the good guys. Yeah. And and all the we wars that they tell us throughout the years, all the wars. Well, what if we flip it? And I like to think about this with the parallel universe. Mm-hmm. And then in a parallel universe, they're talking about all the cooperative and all the collaborations, all the cooperation and the collaborations that came throughout the years. Mm-hmm. You know, all the great inventions that came because these two guys put their minds together. Yeah. All the great art that came together because these guys put their minds together. Mm-hmm. Even, why not give us band, you know, history about the bands? Why not give us history about the, I mean, there are a bazillion different things that they could be telling us about how to, how to cooperate, how to 
um, work with others, how to appreciate others' ideas, and how to how to how to blend b- blend your styles together when you're working with others. Like, holy yeah. moly, could you imagine how effective that could be if that's what we were taught at a very early age? Like, yeah. oh my god! Like, what's what, look what has happened with with sports? Like, that's what one thing that always pops in my brain teamwork. is the idea. Yes, you got the teamwork aspect, which exactly. is beautiful. They got that aspect now. It's so funny because it starts as kids' games, and then someone goes, "Hmm, I can make some money on this somehow." And then all of a sudden, now <laughs> yeah. people are killing each other on the on out on the fields because of you know, like you see the soccer hooligans and all that stuff stabbing each other on the fields. You're going, well, "Look, you guys, let's harken back to when we were little kids and we we're just having fun in the yard and we're kicking around a soccer ball." Like that's what this is, yeah. you guys. That's what this is supposed to be. Everything's become too serious. Yeah. Yeah. The consequences. And then so, the teamwork aspect is kind of a just a hidden. On John the side. mentioned something to me that was really funny today okay he was a high school senior in 1966 a friend he had a 22 rifle okay that he had no no it was a single single what did he tell me a single shot something or other rifle and his friend wanted to buy it from him so he took it to school the gun nobody said a word to him he handed the rifle to his friend his friend gave him the money his friend stuck it over there in the corner Took it home with him from school. No administrator at school said a word to him. None of the students said a word to him because they knew that it was there, that he wasn't going to shoot up the school. Okay, now today, you see a gun at school and it's like, ah, run and hide. Let's get the cops and everything else. You know, uh, goes back to, I think we're, as a civilization, becoming more barbaric as we go. You know, and you look at some of these uh, countries in the world that are actually progressing as throughout, uh, you know, uh, becoming more civilized, mostly. You know, you look at, like, Germany. I did some research on Germany. Germany has 60 million people, okay? 60 million people. You know how many how many prisoners they have in the whole country of Germany? 246. <laughs> Out of what 60 million, right? Okay, I had a friend of mine. What, like that, in jail, you mean? In jail, in prison, 246 inmates in the whole country of 60 million. Wow. Okay, you have 40 million in California. What? Which is okay. so crazy because the Americans are always going, oh yeah, the Germans, the Germans. They're always shitting on the Germans all right. the time. The Germans just take it. I'm German. I just take it. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, you know? <laughs> right. okay. But it's crazy to hear yeah. that. I had a friend of mine. He's uh, pushing 70. He has some uh, top secret clearances and something was breached. And he was actually detained at county jail in, uh, in L.A. for two weeks for questioning. They never charged him of anything. They just wanted to make sure that uh, he was clean. He spent two, two weeks there just in county jail alone in the holding tank. They hold 2,000 people. Okay. And you have 246 in the whole country of Germany. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we got something wrong. That's nuts. Yeah. Yesterday, I was telling John, yesterday, uh, this morning, they found a, a 17-year-old girl shot to death, uh, three bullets in her head on the street over in San Pedro, right down the street from us. Okay. Would you see that in Germany? No. <laughs> Not with 246 prisoners. You know, what's wrong with us? There's something wrong with us. Yeah. It's... The, the violence, the, you know, the gas station stuff, the, you name it, the, oh, it wasn't like that I before. think what's wrong with us is it's, it's a manufacturing manufactured wrong with us. I think it's a yeah. it's a completely manufactured wrong right. with us situation where, you know, I mean I mean you you know better than anybody else concerning the medical stuff, you know, and I mean gosh, and both of us we both understand what the media and the news 
can do to alter brains and move them in certain directions. I was watching these, um, there were three girls that were in this band uh, called the Prettyets, and um, I was watching their music, and the one girl was just talking about how she's like, oh yeah, this is a song I sang my therapist, and she's like, she's like, you know, I promise I won't commit suicide today, and I'm going, how old are you? Like, how, like, how old are you? And you already have a therapist, and you're already f talking about dying. You're probably like 20 years old. And it's like, that is ridiculous that anyone well, at any age should feel that. Yeah. But the fact that it's reinforced by all of these, these news items mm -hmm. where it's like... It's, it's festered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they're like, well, here are all these problems with these people with all these issues. And you're, oh, you need this vitamin. And who knows, or not vitamin, yeah. but you need this pill and you need this pill. Uh -huh. Well, yet they're not talking about what they're dropping in our, in our, in our tap water. They're not talking yeah. about what they're spraying in the skies. They're not talking about mm. all the, the stuff they're hiding, the fluoride, the, the, the whatever's in the, I, I don't know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Ultra, <laughs> ultra, ultra sensitivity. That's what I see. You know, you, you buy a new car, you have your climate controls for your passenger seat and your driver's seat. You know, you're uh, the craftmatic uh, bed where you can sleep on one side and then, you know, change the settings. You know, everybody's become, you know, uh, if the temperature's not 72 degrees, everybody's, oh, it's hot or it's cold or, you know, everybody freaks out over any little diversity now. Instead of just sucking it up and saying, okay, here I am, let's live life. Well, it's funny because, like, it's crazy when you think about, like, because every once in a while I think about, okay, if I were a villain and I was sort of in charge of governmental things or, you know, a country or whatever, you know, what, what kind of tactics would I use to try to keep these people in obedience to me? Right. You know, and I go, okay, well, I'd, I'd hijack their, I'd hijack their, their media outlets. I'd, I'd probably, uh, put, put some secret things into that. You know, I tell them, oh, you need those vaccines. And I put some secret things in there that later, that later pop up that you don't realize had to do with that vaccine. Oh, why is everyone getting so much cancer? Oh, why has everyone got so much diabetes? Oh, why is, blah, 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 blah. oh, here's all this issue. Oh gosh, all this prostate cancer, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and you yeah. just keep hearing about this and you're going, okay, none of that. I don't, ever hear about stories of, uh, I mean, maybe they didn't have, they could, they didn't have special words for it back in the medieval times or anything. Let's do it. Am I on, am I being recorded? Yeah, this is the podcast. Okay. So I actually want you to be kind of like my PA and hold the sides and we're going to be going through shot lists and stuff. Yeah. And I'm going to be holding this stuff. Absolutely. And, and I want to shoot with the camera. And we're going to be working with um, Scripty big time today. Okay. That is Ryan McGonigal. <laughs> Blowing you a kid. MC Gonagle, as I like to call him. <laughs> MC Gonagle. Um, Nagel is a great, is, uh, the artist who did uh, Rio. Really? Yeah, the, the Rio album for Duran Duran. Duran. Producer? He, he just did the paintings. Oh, that's Yeah, Nagle. MC Gonagle. So uh, are you excited to, down, you're down to the last remnants of shooting yeah, this? Yeah, like dumb fucks, we um, save the hardest days for last. So... Yeah, it's the trade-off. So we don't have the kids to worry about. Yeah, that was we almost killed Lawrence a couple times yesterday. Yeah. Um, we literally had spotters at the end of the cliff, hoping that if he like went too far off his marks, we had people to stop him from driving over. Oh boy. Yeah, and he fell a couple times. Mm -hmm. We chased him with a stunt driver at one point. <laughs> I heard that guy was swerving around like crazy, huh? Yeah, he just did a pretty yeah, good job. Cool. Yeah, and, and he had um, Grayson do this change pass at one point. And the first time he tried it, he just ate shit. Boom. Um, luckily, the van wasn't behind him. But um, it was pretty... I pushed you know, Grayson to his breaking point. Um, his dad told me that. But he woke up today sore and... Um, 
was game. He did an audition like at four o'clock today. <laughs> so he, he's a professional. <laughs> Gotta love that kid. Yeah, he had a smile on his face in his Instagram photos today. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, he even went to the beach. I think he might have went to the beach after. No, he did not go no, to the beach. <laughs> yeah. He was sunburnt yesterday. Oh no. Yeah, he was that he little, was out all day, huh? That chubby little ginger was a lobster. Boy, like, oh boy. And so every time he fell, it hurt like that much more. Oh no. But he was oh, a gamer. No. Like we literally we probably pushed him harder than any actor we've done this entire time oh my god and in an eight hour span he just killed it just absolutely killed it whoa man yeah it was great this is a phenomenal location yeah like mike and i were just talking about like how do we figure out how to build a house on how do i how do i talk to the the owner about building a house originally um this was a cecil demille property whoa really and they shot movies here oh my god and so when the what um, there is a tower like up over there that's what exploded and started the fires the silmar fires a couple months ago Mm. so everything is like burnt they lost horses in the fire (gasps) oh no um you can see burnt out like machinery it just jumped and if you walk up there the main house burnt down, but like the guest house where like the in-law quarters, you know, is up. And that's what we're working out of today. But um, walk around. It's creepy. You'll see burnt out stuff. But then we got. Um, well, it's growth. weird to see that they're like n- cert- only certain places are touched, which is such a bizarre thing to yeah, see. But look up right? on that hill. You have all those bushes that burnt. Oh, but you're getting growth on them. It's crazy. How big? Is, how big? I mean, is this a huge property? Um. It's pretty damn 40 big. 40 acres? It yeah. goes farther back. It goes way back over here. And it goes up here, too. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's some stuff. Like, they have that burnt-out bridge. They have a great little creek. I, I was watching season two of Westworld last mm-hmm. night, uh, episode nine, and, dude, just driving, coming up this path, I'm going, oh, my... Like, I was just having flashbacks of Westworld. Oh, for sure, yeah. <laughs> Did you see the voodoo doll? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mike was saying he was having a, uh, uh, Lawrence is having a tricky time hammering those to the. Um, he did, like I said, everything that he did for, you know, being a kid, I think we, we he did great. He did great. God, this is incredible. Look how steep these hills are. So we had him coming, busting <gasps> down these hills. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Uh-huh. Yeah, we had to catch him a few times. Whoa. And then with the band chasing behind him. And sides, yeah, I'll show uh, dude. <laughs> I have a video. He was pitching he, it sideways and everything. When you pull up the camera, look for that. Um, it's like one of the last things I shot. So he takes off down this bridge, and the van's right behind him. But why he goes down, it's all camera tricks. So when he goes down like this, the van cuts out like this and does a huge, like, peel out. And then Grayson goes off camera, and the van. Wow. It was like total A team shit. Oh my god. Where did you find that guy? Where did you find the stunt driver? Um, he, he was on one of the sets of Black Pumpkin earlier with a drone. Really? Were you there the drone day? I saw the you showed drone up late. I think you showed up late that day. Did they use the drone? Oh. But we had the drone like flying over traffic like people. Really? And cars are just like kind of like. Really? That's great. Yeah. It was about um, maybe like that branch. That's how low it was. And so these cars would be driving and they're just kind of looking at this drone as they're going under. Wow. It's incredible. Look at this little microphone. For yeah. It's my podcast. We're here, <laughs> We're here with uh, Dan, the Dan man, the camera, camera extraordinaire. Are you happy that we're coming to the end of this? Of course. <laughs> Do you like this location? 
Uh, I've seen better. <laughs> oh my God. What a wise guy. <laughs> Out of all the locations you've seen better, do you appreciate this one in, in its own right? Yeah, of course. I mean, this one's it's pretty nice. Are you already getting ideas as to maybe, do you want to shoot on this location besides this movie? Maybe. I see these crests up here, and mm -hmm. if you just get somebody running along that. Oh, God, yeah. That's one shot, so, yeah. Ryan was telling me this is, this used to be a Cecil B. DeMille property. Do you know about that? He said, I guess a bunch of movies were shot here. I saw um, an episode of season two of Westworld last night, and driving up here, I was getting all these flashbacks of Westworld, just looking around going, oh, my God, that would be so great to shoot some West." I was sitting there thinking, I wonder if they shot some of the Westworld stuff out here. Do you know where they shot any of that? Uh, Simi Valley, for sure. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. The, the backside in between uh, Santa Paula and Simi Valley, that mountain range. Yeah, that's where, like, that house is, you know, from season one, her yeah, yeah, house. That's yeah. where that is. Wow. Yeah. Have you you've seen it in person? I have not, but I know that just because I know some people that have shot there. Is it, a, a, is it like, a private residence, or is it, like, there specifically no, for that kind ranch. of thing? It's oh. a movie ranch. Yeah, so you just rent it out. If you got the coin, you can shoot there. It's super expensive. I don't know, a couple grand a day, at Ooh. least. I just love this really does, this... <laughs> This is a perfect location for Diablo's Den. I think it's going to be awesome. What, do you, what are your thoughts about how it's going to look in your brain, the blending together of what we shot in the backyard and, and what we're shooting here? I think it'll blend. I mean, we're just going to have a little campfire light in the way background, so when we cut in between the two, I think people will buy it, I hope. That's cool. If not, then just put a little filter on it, cross-dissolve. Cross I don't know. It's all once, you started, once you started working behind-the-scenes stuff, was it... You know, it's like once you see something, you can't unsee something. So once you started working behind the, you know, doing camera work or whatever, working on movies, was it hard for you to look at movies and or TV shows from just simply an observer's perspective from that point forward? Well, yeah, I think anybody that does any sort of a craft, they're going to look at whatever it is different. You know, Baker's going to eat pastries a little differently. They're not going to just, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but that's when you know it's good is when you forget that shit and you're just watching whatever it is. That's when you're like, well, that was good. I didn't even turn on my filmmaker brain during the whole thing. So, yeah. yeah, that's that's true. I think that's probably the mission of like of a filmmaker is to try to. It's like a magician, really. You know, you're trying to fool the other magicians out there. <laughs> so, so they're not like, oh, I see how you did that. Or you look at them and you emulate it. You're like, oh wow, I, I like that. Right, right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal that. Cause yeah, if it works and you can use it in your story, right? How long have you been shooting stuff? Mm, I don't know. It's a tough question. Since high school. So I don't even know how... I'll date myself if I say how long ago that was. <laughs> it was like one of those things where like you were out there with like a... Uh, just shooting with your friends and stuff? Like did you put together your own projects growing up? Because yeah, I've got some friends who were like that. It was like snowboard films, skateboard films, and then... Um, my high school had a film class. Or not film class, sorry, video class. And so you just like... Shoot little videos, emulate Saturday Night Live with mm -hmm, sketches mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then when you're at the end of high school, they're like, what are you going to do with your life? I'm like, well, I don't know, but I like doing this, so why don't I just keep doing that? So, yeah. At what point, uh, like, were you able to use any of that old footage, like, to make any, you know, I don't know, I don't want to necessarily say demo reel, but were you able to, like, squash any of that together to help for other things that no, might came along? I didn't even know about a demo reel till way after that. Oh, and gotcha. that was all, we weren't going for anything technically proficient. It was just to dick around, you know. 
So well, like for instance, when you were hired for your first project, what did you use for to show them that you, you know, what visual things did you have that you could show them? I mean, I wasn't hired until until I was in school, and so it was projects that I learned that I had in school that other people saw. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then so you just like kept connections with those folks like afterwards and then what, maybe just work with them on their projects after you graduated? Yeah, that and uh, my thesis film got a lot of attention for the cinematography so that helped a lot. So that people were, you know, contacting me based on that. But yeah, I mean, it's all it's all network. It's all the people from film school. It's all the people you meet from your hometown. It's all it's film, film festivals. It's everything. I think knowing that idea of just the unknown circumstances of how you don't know how someone from your long ago is going to go pop back up and you're going to be able to work with each other is such a fascinating idea to me. That stuff just blows my mind all the time, especially when you go to college with people and then they end up doing stuff. My buddy, my buddy Kevin was huge into gymnastics, like in, in, uh, uh, in high school. Phenomenal. Now he's a stuntman. So it's cool to see how he has evolved through the years. And then he ended up moving out here. So then I've worked with him on projects. But it's just amazing how there's that... There's that that little, that's just that piece of magic that we ought to be able to factor into what we're doing, rather than just this like um, practical mind. Where'd you grow up? Uh, Chicago, okay. out in Chicago, and um, I just love that that aspect where, like, one of the things that I learned, of, uh, at Col- I went to Columbia College, and one of the things because I was in the acting and stuff, and he and what they would tell us is everything that you're working on is basically an audition for whatever your next project is. Whether you realize it or not, you're up there and there are people in the audience who are writers or directors, who knows what, and they're going, oh, that guy would be good for this thing. Okay, I got to keep that in mind because I got my project coming up soon. And, and then before you know it, right? Did you notice that that kind of happened with you? They always say that you're only as good as your last project, which kind of sucks because sometimes you do things because you need to pay the bills. And it might not be a bad thing, but it might not be what you want your career to continue doing, you know, like if you step off and do like a corporate gig or this or that, you don't want that to be your only path, so, but yeah, I mean, that's what they would say, you're only... Do you feel that that's kind of similar to like being typecast for an actor who's like always playing the cowboy or always playing the cop or whatever? Yeah, of course, yeah, because I mean, if you play an amazing bad guy, you're... Like, Sean Bean's amazing at dying, so they just make him die. <laughs> we need a really phenomenal dead guy for this. Oh, yeah, let's cast that guy. Hollywood's dead guy. <laughs> so what would be, like, what would be some of your, um, what would be some of your, like, your the dream projects that you'd like to do? I don't know what, you run out of battery on that thing? I got six, I got five minutes left Uh-oh. before, because it stops. It lets, lets me know. I'm only allowed to have 60 minutes per recording. Uh-oh. Well, you need Jake Miller over here. He's he's you got to interview the sound guy. Oh shit, yeah. Oh shit. Where is he? Uh, I got to go find him. He's down at the bottom. All right, I got 5 minutes left to find him. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually. Actually, follow me. Follow me. Let's I'll interview you while we're going to find him. Hello. <laughs> Let's go find him. Let's go find him. Let's go find him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go find Kurt. All right, so where are you here? How do we pronounce your last name? Ogert. O-G-E-R-T. So we're here with Kevin Ogert. He is the master... Are you a gr- grip? What's your official title? Gaffer, sir. Oh, gaffer, gaffer. The high-end guy. I'm still learning the official t- titles of these things. So you're a gaffer. And then w- what does that entail for those means, who want to know what a gaffer is? So pretty much Daniel says, I want this look. I'll get him that look. Really? So you're recreating the... the w- 
what the the, the lighting situation that Correct. they have in their brain so whatever daniel wants you tell me kind of like a rough image it's like i want this to look this color this light here and i'll do it i'll make sure it's diffused right make sure it looks the right color we have to do like plus, plus and minus green type stuff because it shows a bit different camera so everything you see on camera is daniel telling me what to do <laughs> interesting holy moly so you are painting i mean you're painting you're painting lights. the atmosphere with lights painting with lights God, that's incredible. So all of those, like, when, when you get that neat, nice beam of sunlight on the wall and stuff, you're responsible for that, huh? Yes, sir. God, Me and my is... crew of masked bandits. Boy, that's incredible. <laughs> when, wh how did you first get uh, interested in that aspect of, of creating? I was 16 back in New Hampshire when I first worked on my set. And ever since then, I just had, like, an interest for just working on set. And I, f I found lighting was uh, my favorite part of it. Just painting with just color and lights is just so appealing to me. Wow, that is so cool. And then plus you must feel so proud of yourself when you're able to, to actually match up what's in the imagination, what's in the brain of someone who goes, I want this thing, and then you do it, and then and then it turns out awesome on film. It's always a very like good feeling that you get in your stomach when you like see the final product and it's all colored and yeah. it's all edited and it just looks fantastic. But I see Jake is over there. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Jake. No, they, they started they, no, out. We were, we were right. Oh, okay. So, so, you, they wanted so you guys, we have three minutes left on this podcast until it's, um, until it's fully, <laughs> that was oh, like, that was like a, um, hi, good to see you hi. again. Hey, this is great. This is like the real Diablo's Den out here. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Fantastic. So, okay, real quick. I have three minutes. So, um, tell everybody your name and, and what you're doing, uh, in today's production. Okay, hi, my name is Alex Schwartz. I'm playing Ashley, the hot nerd. Uh, today I am finding a voodoo doll and yeah, and getting ready for a sex scene for tomorrow. Yes, in the in the, uh, in the, the stabbing cabin. cabin. Mm, I'm excited about that one. That's good. We're out. What do you? What does that feel like to like be in the actual woods in the real location? Uh, it feels pretty cool. You just like inspired and it like, sets the mood around you like instantly. Like you know what it's like to be in the woods because you're in the woods. Just the ride up here was like mm -hmm. every five seconds. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! It was just so cool. It, it seems so different than the rest of Los Angeles. Yeah, it's really cool. I've never really been up here. Oh God. I have. On this full confession, I stepped on my. Okay. I'll interview you again. Okay. Can you let the at home viewers, you, you listeners, know your name Thanks. and your role? And yes, whatnot. my name is Connor Weil. I'm playing the role of Ace, which is the younger brother, stoner uh, kid. And tonight, I'm going to be shooting my death scene, which is going to be phenomenal. Uh, we have a lot of great uh, crew members who've been working on special effects with makeup, and uh, it's going to look great. Everything's been looking fantastic. So uh, tune in to see it. It's going to be pretty sweet. Black Pumpkin, yes. ladies and gentlemen. And now, Fantastic. we're going to talk with Mr. Sound Engineer. We have uh, yeah. a minute and 15 seconds, so please tell everyone your job and uh, and let them know who you are. Hello, my name is Jacob Miller. I'm the sound designer. Uh, location sound guy, more or less. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I do location sound, put mics on people, make sure everyone sounds good, make sure the movie sounds good. What first interested you in doing sound? Um, it's, it's gotta be something that you just love, like you're just born with it. And that was the first uh, sound class we had in film school. Like, you know, everyone goes to film school wanting to be writer director, but like, we're, we're not saying it's impossible, but we are saying to have a secondary skill. And so I'm looking forward. They have the sound class. Like I've just been predisposed to that like my whole life. It's perfect. Like I'm like looking into Star Wars sound design, Jurassic Park sound design. I can like tell people like how they made them, that kind of thing. It's just, oh my God. it's just so much fun. That's incredible. Like the, the classic TIE fighter. It's a elephant trumpet slowed down a lot. And then the sound of a car driving by in the rain. Incredible. I love it. It's absolutely brilliant. Dude. Ladies and gentlemen, 
You have heard another episode of Inspirado Projecto Podcast. Tune in more for more later.